good evening and thank you for joining us again and we have the great pleasure of having Dr. Randall Smart with us again for The Doctor Is In. Hey John. Hey, uh, now this one you were mentioning that it's the temps are starting to change, we're starting to go into the fall winter and we actually have moisture. I mean, what an odd concept. We, you know, I'm not sure what this stuff the is. Fall wet stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've heard it's of it. uh, yeah. They, they've I mean, got a name. It, yeah, it's uh, right. so we don't know how much of it's going to fall, but uh, thought we'd talk about. You had mentioned we wanted to talk today a little bit about what are some of the winter maladies and what things people can. Right. Yes. Right. So, so, um, so we are biologic organisms, right? Right. And we're full of all this chemistry, and so when it gets really hot. Some of those things don't work very well, and when it gets cold, some of them don't work well. Got it. So I, I thought it might be of interest to the viewers to know a little bit about that. And, and one of the really interesting things uh, we could mention is, what is the right temperature for us? I mean, I mean not the 98.6 thing, not your, right. Not right. your internal temperature, right. but what, what what's the healthy temp? Yeah, what's the healthy temp? What, what should your house Now, be? there were some surveys recently that says there's some biological differences between men and women. So, you mean the, the battle of the thermostat is real. There's some, oh, biological, re right. there's some biological reasons for that. You could get hurt at the thermostat. <laughs> <laughs> we can avoid that question. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, so what are some of the, I mean, wh where do you, I mean, What's the, what's the correct temp for us? Well, actually, the chemists have really put a lot of time and energy into that. And, and so there, there are probably millions of chemical reactions right. that, that create us. Right. And, those, and chemical reactions are, um, I think, influenced by something called pKa, which has to do with the temperature of the reaction. So it's, the reaction happens in a warmer thing versus a colder thing. And, and the chemists, and I'm not a chemist, can tell exactly what is the best temperature for this thing to happen at. And so they've looked at that um, for a number of these reactions. And the number they've come up with is 65 degrees. So that's the ideal temp. That's the temperature where everything about you does the best. Now, now there's also a book, I, I can't remember if you and I talked about this, but, but it was on the show, uh, called, um, it was about sleep. And, and people sleep the best at 65, at 65 degrees. degrees. So a little bit of correlation there, yeah. Got it. So you could put a big sign on the thermostat saying... Put it at 65 65 is where I want to live. Because that's where people do well. And to solve arguments, you could say the doctor said to put this on. I have a prescription. <laughs> right. Now, now, you know, the hard part about that, and this kind of bugs me a little bit, I might as well get it out, um, is that, that your body is very able to adjust to different yeah. climates. Yeah. Very able to do yeah. that. But you have to let it happen. And so if you're sitting there fussing with the thermostat all the time, you're not going to let that happen. Right. You know, it's too cold, it's too right. hot. Right. And I've seen this all my life. And so let's say you're a little bit cold. 
well, I mean, that's not that uncomfortable. Right. You're just a little bit cold. Right. So if you allow your body to be a little bit cold after a while, it doesn't seem so cold anymore. Well, and being a little cold can be a weight loss technique, right? Because your body has to burn more calories. Have to burn a few more calories, yeah. sure. So, you right? know. And we know weight loss is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so, and then the same with being warm. People say, oh, I'm too hot, I'm too hot. And, and there, there is some validity to being really hot or really cold. But, you know, if you let your body adjust, it, the, the term, the physiologic term is acclimatize. Right. If you let your body acclimatize, uh, you can suddenly be in a colder environment or a warmer environment. And, and maybe that's a good thing. So regardless of what we think, that we're not puppies or babies in a car, that we can we can acclimate, you know, we're not, yes. Uh, you know, yes. Being a little bit cold is not painful. Right. I mean, uh, and, and so we don't, I don't, I don't think we're very tolerant of those things. Right. I mean, we're instantly on the thermostat and uh, we don't give our body a chance to adjust to some of those things. Question out of left field. Is there, has there been a lot of medical study? Because I know if they're doing some of the transplants and stuff like that, they try, or, uh, they try to bring down, I mean, have you guys uh, done a lot of study on managing body processes with thermal stuff? Because don't they cool? I mean, on some of the... Um, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah like, it's, don't you take them down? I mean, yeah, yeah reduce... Yeah, hypothermia? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, use that as a tool, right? Well, right. For example, in the intensive care unit, yeah. uh, somebody who um, has had a severe neurologic injury, right. Right. we will... Not me, but they, right. they will lower their body temperature intentionally because uh, the outcome is better. Right. And so they keep them hypothermic for a certain period of time, certain protocols. Sure. Now the, now, the exception to this whole thing is the really young and the old. And, and so the really young and the old <clears throat> really aren't able to regulate their body temperatures right. like, like right. the rest. Yeah. And, and so, um, so, so as we age, we become less able to generate as much body heat or, or sweat as much, sure. you know, in a warm yeah. environment. Same with an infant. So, so a lot of these ideas apply to most people, but not all people. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, on the practical matter, now that we're going into winter, what's, I mean, what should people, what's the prescription? Well, there, there are some maladies. Yeah. I think that's what you refer to them <laughs> as. There are some maladies that occur. One of the, well, I mean, an example would be frostbite. Right. You know, frostbite's not a good thing. Frostbite is basically... But you don't get it at 64, right? Isn't you that do the, not. Okay, you all do right. Not. Okay. Um, so, so frostbite is simply frozen tissue. Um, and I've actually seen a fair amount of frostbite. I spent some time in Alaska up in the Yukon. And, and your cheeks turn kind of this uh, gray... Um, Kind of, kind of not pink. Actual frostbite on the face. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, for the snowmobilers. Not just a digit. Not 30, just 40 below. Um, and um, and your nose. Yeah. Your nose, your cheeks. And, and the uh, the natives up in Alaska um, don't seem to be bothered by it too much. I mean, they just think it's part of life, and they think we overreact by, you know, uh, being involved in it. 
but um, there are other than frostbite. We don't see a lot of frostbite in Calaveras. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. it's just not the right yeah. climate. I suppose if you're up at nine thousand and you're, you know, doing snow caves and stuff, maybe. But uh, I don't think I've ever seen any frostbite here. But but there are uh, other things, and and one of the interesting things is a is a disease you may or may not heard of called chillblains. Hmm. And it's got a new name now. I don't like the new name. The new name is Pernio. Kind of boring. Uh, I like the chillblain name. And and chillblains was very common um, not so long ago, uh, less than a hundred years ago, uh, because people lived in cooler houses. They didn't have, you know, they have bedrooms that didn't have heat. Right. Um, right. And the world was cooler, to be honest with you, colder. And uh, so chillblains is really kind of interesting. It occurs on your fingers or on your toes, sometimes on your face. And there are these kind of splotchy things that kind of burn. I, I've had them before, uh, so I have personal experience. Uh, but they, you can get them on your fingers, your toes, sometimes your face. Uh, they occur in colder weather, usually extremities. and. They're kind of these purplish, kind of odd-looking. They kind of burn. They hurt a little bit, and it takes them two or three weeks to go away. Is it your nerves get irritated at a particular spot or something, or not? What is it? I, I think it's a cold. We, you know, we we don't really understand it. Uh, it's definitely a cold injury. Yeah. Whether it's vasospasm or. Uh. But, but it, you know, the tissues around it look okay, and when you biopsy it, it doesn't look like, uh, doesn't look anything like frostbite. Okay. You know, so, so it's some sort of vascular reaction to the cold, yeah. yeah. So, th so that's common, um, and I would say most people with chill blames probably write it out. They probably don't go to the doctor, they, they, and they probably don't really need to. Yeah. But it's common. Um, and another one is a, is a problem I think is really interesting called Raynaud's disease, uh, named after a Frenchman, Raynaud, um, R-A-Y-N-A-U-D. And Raynaud's disease uh, is very common. I've seen many cases in this county. And that's where your um, fingers and maybe feet will uh, change color and and react to the cold. Mm. And so your fingers will turn blue, um, noticeably blue. Noticeably blue. Right. Yeah. And they'll, it'll almost have a line. I mean, you can see it goes up to there, and then it's, it, and it's different uh, than just cold fingers. Right. It's different. Right. It's, um, and so it goes through these color changes where it'll turn blue, purplish, and then it turns white. I mean, like really white, like no blood white. Right. 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 And and then it turns bright red because it's reperfusing, and it turns right red, bright red. It gets a little bit swollen. It tingles. It's uncomfortable. And this is a thing that recurs many times a day. Wow. Um, and definitely many times a week. Again, depending on the environment you're in. Wow. Um, people rarely lose digits because of Raynaud's. Uh, but uh, it's really bothersome to them. And they, 
come in and they say, hey, look, you know, every time I reach into the refrigerator, my hand turns purple and then it turns white and then it turns red and I hate it and what's wrong with me? Right, yeah. right. Do things like, um, do diabetics have, a, have an increased incidence of it or is it it? Not that I okay. know of. Um, there's definitely more of it in women than men. Don't know why. Um, I think both of us reach into the refrigerator the same right. amount. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, so it doesn't, it can be associated with other autoimmune diseases. Uh, people, there's a disease called lupus right. or lupus erythematosus. Mm -hmm. You see it more in those diseases. People, I think, with rheumatoid arthritis. You'll see it more in, and there's other autoimmune diseases. Right. So it seems to be a vasospasm. This is the, kind of a little drifting off topic, but on the, the class, you know, the, the autoimmune spectrum of diseases, are, are you able to treat those better now? I mean, I see all the ads for a lot of the various autoimmune stuff, but, you know, even for, like, the same drug that'll treat a rash or a joint problem or something like that, are you, are you, are you, are you finding a lot more efficacy on autoimmune stuff or now? Yeah, well, sort of. Sort of. Um, okay. So with these particular diseases, the treatment is to keep your core warm. Uh, so, so people that have Raynaud's, I mean, gloves are okay, but a bigger coat is really what you need. So as long as your core is... Core, core warmth. That's what we do, core warmth. Um, and then um, if there are situations reaching into the refrigerator, grabbing a cold soda, right. uh, those kinds of things, they glove know. Up. Glove, yeah. yeah, they are a freezer. Um, and then there are um, creams that work. They're, they're called, uh, they're kind of vasodilator creams. They're prescription creams uh, that can cause and there's actually pills, now that I think about it, uh, that can help with that, and sometimes wow. we do that. But I, I think what you're, you're getting at is, is we have a lot of these new biologics. Yeah. And, and they're really very cool drugs, very cool. Uh, one is called a TNF inhibitor. Um, one is called a JAK inhibitor. These are acronyms. And, and um, they're really engineered drugs. Uh, they specifically target a certain thing, a certain antibody, Got it. a certain receptor, uh, and, and they can just be lifesavers, and we're using them in so many diseases. Uh, certainly rheumatoid arthritis okay. with a lot of success. Yeah. Uh, ulcerative colitis with a lot of success. Um, so we're using these a lot. The, the problem is getting somebody to pay for them. They're really expensive. <laughs> they are. They're maybe unnecessarily expensive. Right, right. You know, if, if, if you've got a market on something and you've got a patent on something, then, you know, 2500 bucks a month, you know, 4000 a month. Maybe the rash is better than the... No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> right. Maybe I'll just stick with the rash. Right. Right. So it's, it's, finding somebody... You know, it's a, it's a tough 
part of medicine. And I just went through this with a patient um, yesterday morning. As, as he doesn't feel well, he's not sure why he doesn't feel well. So one of the things I want to do is order blood tests on him. And the blood tests are not uh, complicated. They're, right. they're, they're not... Um, one of your standard panels, it's not the, a... These yeah. are really common blood tests. And he, and he gets a bill for $900. And he says, Randy, is, do these cost $900? Yeah. And I said, no, they, they don't. Right. They don't. They don't cost $900. Right. But, but medicine has really become this very money-oriented uh, service. And the biologics are an example of that, uh, where you can be suffering and there is a treatment, but the treatment is thousands of dollars and you don't have thousands of dollars. Sometimes the, the drug companies will provide uh, right. uh, discounts. Right. Uh, or sometimes they'll just have programs that are really helpful, but man, a lot of money in medical care right now. Um, a, a question on that is with drug pricing, and you know, with the advanced countries for some of the countries in the EU and obviously the US and everything else, are they, are we paying several multiples more so that, I mean, of, of what a price that, that we would pay, you would pay for a drug in a third world country? I mean, are we subsidizing, are we subsidizing um, drug research and everything else for the rest of the world just because we have, a, we have a mechanism that is able to pay market rate? I mean, we're paying over market rates for, for some things like these. The drug companies are not losing any money on these. Yeah, they are yeah. not. You know, they're they're. So they're, you might be able to get it at a Mexican pharmacy for same know, drug. Yeah, same drug. Right. There, there is a um, absolutely fascinating book uh, called Empire of Pain. I've heard, did the new one out, huh? Yes. yes. Um, and it is about oxycodone. Yes. And it is very much about money. And it's very much about corruption. And oh that, boy, that corruption exists at the FDA. Yeah, you know people. Um, I should probably be careful what I say, but but, but people, I think, uh, trust the FDA much more than some of us do. Right. Um, right. And and that corruption goes up to some of the very highest levels, like the attorney general. Like yeah. The, um, I mean. And so this book, Empire of Pain, is about that. And as you read it, I mean, basically what it's about is a family known as the Sackler family. Mm -hmm. And the Sackler family made a lot of money treating pain. Billions. Yes. Um, and, and so it, as you read through this book, it's really well written. It, it, it branches out into these issues like the FDA and about antitrust. And, yes. And, and, and as you read it, you go, this can't be right. This just it, and 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 on that wasn't the, I guess a, the original sin, so to speak. And I haven't read the book, and I need to. Um, but where, I mean, where the original sin and the true corruption was is at the beginning of the oxycontin stuff, right? Because wasn't it to where, you know, they pushed so hard and broke so many rules to make it seem like it 
wasn't heroin, so to speak. You right. know, I mean, it, right. but it, but in essence, it was. I mean, right. it was right. I mean, it wasn't that we're oh, this is not addictive. This is not. I mean, this is that was, isn't that the original sin of it? In yeah, some their ways? their mantra is this is not addictive. Right. Unless right. You, unless you abuse it. Right. So so if you give it to the normal patient, the normal pain patient, right. there's no way they'll become addicted. The only people who will become addicted are the people that abuse it. Well, well they, yeah. knew, they knew that they wasn't knew that. true. That, that was the, they knew that. that they was knew the, that wasn't true. Yeah, that was the criminal culpability on right. it, right? Is they right. just, I mean, that was an outlie. And, and then it gets even worse. They, they develop this product, um, and they have a patent on it, and as the patent's running out, they uh, reformulate it into something very close, but just a little bit different. And they get another sure. patent, and they shut down the old one so nobody can buy the old one. Which creates a market, which creates an off... Which allows them to go another eight years. Right, right. With, and, and these people were making, honestly, John, um, 100 million a day. I mean, a day. Um, and they, they were sending out salespeople to, yeah. to target, yeah. um, you know, the pill yeah. prescribers. Yeah. And, and you have to read it. Yeah, yeah. I will. We I need will. to it's do on a show list. just on the book. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I'll read it. I'll read it this month. So by the time we come back, you know. I wish I brought month, it. I'd, I'd give it to you to read. I'll do an audio book yeah. on it because, you know, sometimes it's easier just to. Yeah. Yeah. But the, so um, medicine has become very complicated by money. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it goes back to these biologics that there could be a medical, you could have a medical problem. There could be a medicine that just will help you. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a perfect thing, and you have no access to it. Right. You know, ethically, it doesn't feel right. Right. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah. So. It wasn't the conundrum on that, though, is in, you know, the problem, I see, maybe I'm completely wrong, is if you remove the profit motive, the research money dries up, and a lot of these actual solutions would would never even exist. Am I wrong? Well, I'm not an economist, um, but I mean, um, there is still plenty of room for profit. Right. Plenty right. of room, um, and I mean, you could you could cut this way back and still have plenty of R and D and. Uh, plenty of margin. Yeah. No uh, violins for the pharmaceutical companies. No, huh? sir. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I mean, they. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I'm not a big government guy. I, I just don't like big government. Uh, but I take every issue on its own. I'm, I'm not a partisan person. I just I look try to look at issues. But the government regulates everything. They regulate yeah. your utilities. Yes. They regulate how fast you're going to drive. Yes. They regulate how you walk down the street. Hmm. They regulate what they regulate everything. Everything. But they don't regulate this. You know, something's wrong. I mean, something's. I mean, this. Well, okay. I guess this is a taboo subject, but since we're kind of veering into that a little bit with the the age in which we're leaving on the vaccines. Um, you know, there's some companies making some money right now. Oh, you I think? Mean, you know, right. even even though these are good and needed, and you know, people should take them. Um, there's still people making money on this. A lot of money. Yeah. You're right. A lot of money. I mean, 
This, a this, mandated something that you can make money on. This is, is not is a community good thing, service. Right? <laughs> right. This is very profit driven. Yeah. Right. Because the Moderna, right. I mean, I just saw that uh, last week when the Forbes list came out, the Moderna, you know, the found, you know, they made the they made the Forbes list. I'm, made the I'm not surprised. So, I mean, they, they just get blank checks from the government. Yeah. They fill them out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, I think there's plenty of room for margin and plenty of room for research and development. Um, but it, but it, it just seems wrong that, that there are very good treatments that are available. And I mean, like, like the hepatitis C treatment yeah. by yeah. Uh, Gilead. Yeah. I mean, it was 60,000 bucks a month. And, and you know, that's, that's wrong. 60,000 bucks a month. And these are people that have fatal diseases. These are fatal diseases. So the government can pay them by, by those meds for, for a reasonable cost and uh, provide them for people. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems like a very unfair system. Do you think, I mean, if you were going to, well, what's the solution? Do we need to go back and, and look at how some of the research is funded because lots of times I mean lots of times isn't a lot of this research funded with I mean we have we get the IP on the backside we get the intellectual property on the backside type I mean isn't there a lot of even in some of the university level you know a lot of this thing where the era of uh, maybe clean research that is you know um, isn't that in some ways compromised now I mean isn't a lot of this research Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't know. I, yeah. don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just know there is a lot, a lot. I'll give you an example. Uh, we provide uh, COVID vaccinations right. at our clinic. And we get bottles of 15 doses each. And so once a week, we open a couple of those bottles. We vaccinate a bunch of people. Right. We have yet to get 15 doses out of a bottle. Interesting. We, no, we, we can't do it. It isn't in the bottle. <laughs> I mean, we can get 13, but we can't get 15. I am sure somebody is paying for 15. Right. And I'm only getting 13. And somebody's but, making another 20% or whatever on just Right. The, yeah. You know? And you multiply that by the millions that are going out there and, you know. I know we veered away from winter. We're down to our last couple minutes, but uh, if we're going to put a tie a bow on this thing for winter, winter maladies, so to speak. What would you, what, what are we, what are we leaving people with? Yeah, I, I would say, um, if your fingers turn purple, come and talk to your doctor. Got it. There's things we can do Got about it. that. Uh, living at 65, I think is healthy, uh, unless you're older or an infant and then that that's not true. So this will solve relationship issues and everything else. Just put it on 65 and leave it there, right? Isn't that? Uh, the... Yeah, you'll have to lock it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, there are things that can happen in cold okay. weather. And uh, if you see your doctor, we're happy to talk to you about that and help you with that. Yeah, very good. Um, how's the state of medicine? How is the state of, how's the state of a lot of sick people. A lot of sick people right yeah, now. A lot of sick people. Uh, a Still lot of COVID. A lot of COVID. Yeah. Um, people are dying. Uh, unfortunately, it's very sad. Uh, and um, like the Colin Powell thing. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of that. They yeah. just aren't famous people. Right. 
uh, and a lot of angry people, a lot of behavioral health, a lot of people who just are maxed out. They just can't do anymore. I mean, they're, um, they're, they, they just, um, they go off easy, easy. Right. There's a lot of work right. to do right now. We're, and, and we're really struggling with workforce. Right. I mean, trying to find people who will work. Yeah. I've had four jobs out there that, that any high school graduate could do. And, and, I, and, and they pay good money. I mean, like 22 bucks an hour. I mean, I think that's good that money. Is good I don't money. know, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. But uh, I can't find anybody interested in doing the work. Wow. Yeah, they won't do the work. Wow. I mean, it's really tough. Thanks for what you do. Thanks for spending some welcome. time with us, and uh, we'll do this again. Sounds great. All right. Thank you. Thank you.